0: i resented uh every uh, person involved in the political situation mm-hmm. in the middle east and i used to follow the news closely like an, mm-hmm. an old person mm-hmm. i would want to know who to blame who should i blame now is it the you know outside uh uh instigation or was it the within the country itself the political movements uh, I I looked for someone to blame at Mm -hmm. all times uh, because part of me wanted to go back I wanted to go back where I am loved I deeply we all know you can make friendships everywhere but it's hard for a teenager Mm -hmm. but because it's not like I left public school came to join high school I left high school to come to high school
1: I am Nejwa Zabian. Welcome to Stories of the Soul, the podcast. Each one of us has a story. I believe that the most powerful story you can tell is your own story. In this podcast, I bring you the stories of people you meet every day. Everyone around you has a story beyond what you see, a story that is soul deep. Just as you can learn from someone's story, there are lessons to be learned from your own. Just like someone rose after their fall, so can you. And just as someone is owning their healing as they've owned their pain, so can you. There is always a story beneath the surface, there is always a story of the soul. Let's walk this journey together as we tell the stories of our souls. The theme of the first season is forgiveness. Hello my loves, I hope you're all well. Welcome to episode 8 of Stories of the Soul. In this episode, you will listen to my interview with Jinan. This interview hits home for me in multiple ways. First of all, Jinan is my closest friend and I was very grateful to get to interview her. Because you know we talk all the time and it feels like we know everything about each other. But remember what I mentioned before about asking someone about a story and actually talking about it. Trust me, they will tell you things you haven't heard before. And that's what happened here. Another reason this interview hits home for me is that I also had a similar journey of leaving home and coming to Canada at the age of 16 from Lebanon. As you can imagine, this interview was full of tears. I couldn't help but take myself back to that time of my life, and that was such a difficult time. I imagine that anyone who's gone through an experience of displacement from one place to the other will resonate with this. Every person who's gone through an experience of being in a new place. Every person who's gone through an experience of throwing yourself into a bad situation as a way to distract yourself from the real problem. And we'll talk about this. I feel that many situations like this end up feeding into our relationships and the decisions that we make for our lives that we later look on and say, I wish I didn't do that. Or I wish I had done that differently. I wish I would have done something about the pain and the problem, but here's the thing. Many times, we don't even know that there is a problem when it becomes our normal or when we are at a certain stage in our lives and we just don't know any better or when we define our success and where we are in life by what those around us tell us is success or where the right place to be at is at a certain time. So it's important not to judge yourself based on the past. I know I always say this. I actually mean it. And I will say it as many times as you need to hear it. Many times we do the best we can in the moment. And if we look back, we say, I wouldn't have done that that way if I could go back. But the thing is, you didn't know what you know now. And whatever decision it was that you made, it made you into who you are today. For better or for worse. Be compassionate with yourself and forgive yourself. Throughout this story, which spans from Jinan's teenage years to her current life, you will, I'm sure, draw many parallels. Many times we don't heal from a wound unless we go back to the beginning to understand it, to feel it, to see how it impacted our lives now and leading up to now. In Sparks of Phoenix, I wrote, To heal from your pain now. You need to go all the way back to chapter one, to page one, to the beginning of how it all began. For every ending, there is a once upon a time. For every broken soul, there is a once upon a happy soul. For every phoenix soaring, there is a phoenix burning, turning to ashes, rising, then soaring. Jinan's story follows this exactly. My story follows this exactly. Your story might follow this exactly, or you might be on the path to follow this. Jinan talks about a very powerful moment in her story when she physically confronted decades of pain. And that's when I shared a similar moment. I can tell you, because you can't see this, there was a certain feeling in the air of healing that was so magical so beautiful. I hope that you can feel that space. There are many wounds that we don't realize we have until we go through a moment when we feel that we are healed. Have you ever experienced this? Not know the weight of something until it's lifted off your chest. Yes, this is like it. When it comes to forgiveness, sometimes we don't have someone to blame. So we feel that we don't have someone to forgive or something to forgive. And it's such a hard place to be in. When war is involved, as it is in this story, who do you blame? And what point does blame have if it can't change your reality? What many of us do in cases like this, what I did in this case, is blame ourselves. I blamed myself. When you don't have someone to blame, you usually blame yourself. You will have this feeling inside of you that you have been wronged, but you don't know by whom. So you blame yourself for not being able to move forward, for not being able to let go. I asked Jinan about all of this. Brace yourself for another heavy interview. Here is Jinan's story. So tell me about a story from your life. I know that you have a very fascinating one that has to do with forgiveness.
0: Uh, What comes to mind is the story of me uh, moving from Lebanon to Canada Mm -hmm. in the midst of wars. Um, The resentment that I felt, uh, For a teenager to think that they are going away on holidays only Mm -hmm. for a few months, you're going back and then never went back. Mm -hmm. Uh, Always stayed with me that, uh, of course, you want to blame someone. Yes. The wars were to blame, but I also blamed my parents. Mm -hmm. It was an easy thing. You don't look at it in a way. Oh, okay. They brought me to another country. It's safer. Yeah. Um, it's where they know I would have a bright future. No, you look at it as if they took me away from my friends. Mm -hmm. They took me away from my norms to bring me here. Mm -hmm. Although I was, um, born in Canada, and my parents decided to move when I was a young child, um, it was not as hard because I couldn't make sense of it of course mm-hmm. I, as long as' I've, I am with my parents, I'm happy. It was a trigger, I would say. it was a trigger to kind of move again and then try to 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 build a life uh, as a teenager it's it's hard because you've made. Uh, friendships, you've established uh, good relationships or solid relationships, and then you go to a mm-hmm. new country where the language is a barrier. Although I spoke f- uh, English, uh, very little English, and my knowledge in the writing and the grammar was excellent, my oral communications wasn't weren- no, was not great. So
1: what age were you when you came here?
0: Uh, 89, I'd say just shy of my 17th birthday, I think. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, and, um, it was hard. It was Mm -hmm. hard. You leave your life, your status, your belonging, and you come to start from nothing, Mm. no friendships. I had cousins, but that doesn't mean we all know, even though you have cousins and they were fantastic and welcoming Mm -hmm. and loving, that doesn't make your relationship with them as replacing uh, what you had. Like mm-hmm. it does not make a friendship, mm-hmm. really. You love them as your cousins. So it does not mean that you are on the same page. Also, their thoughts are different than mine. Uh, everyone, I think, had the, the misconception that you live in an Arab country, you're backwards. Mm-hmm. You're. Um, I came here and I found many things that, oh, they still think uh, like long time ago. Yeah, like, backwards in what ways? I felt like I had more freedom there. I felt here. I had to worry about everything I do
1: and what people say and what people say and how you, they judge you and, yeah. and any, so we're talking uh, about reputation and how you felt yeah. like
0: here, you had to worry more. You had to worry more. You think you live in a bigger place mm-hmm. and you were come from a t- little town there. But I felt like here, don't really know that what. Their idea of you coming from Lebanon, Mm -hmm. that you live maybe uh, in a cave cave and and I felt like here they lived in a
1: way and and their thoughts a bit, a bit too constricted. They looked at you as if you lived in a cave back home, like as if it's like they they held on to whatever rituals or cultural expectations they had when they first came here and they held on to them. Whereas back home, it was changing in Lebanon. Things were developing and progressing, but they maintained that mentality while they were here. So when you came, they thought that you would be much worse than them, quote unquote. But really you were looking at them and thinking, why are you still like this? Like we're we're not not like that. that.
0: (laughs) Yes, the world has moved forward. We're not stuck. Mm -hmm. Also, I'm just going to talk about this point a little bit and say it was an awakening for me when I went back home as an mm-hmm. adult, because I thought things were the same as when yeah. I left. So I can't blame them for hanging on to that mentality. Yeah, It it was an eye opener. Mm-hmm. They've moved so forward yet. I was stuck in my past yeah. when I left mm-hmm. years and years ago. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, I came here and I, it was, I was in a survival mode, hundred mm-hmm. percent trying to earn people's love, yes. trying so hard to, no and get out of my parents what's next are we mm-hmm. staying here are we going because in the back of my mind i packed a bag my life was there my house was there yeah my friends were there i wanted to go back there in my mind i wanted to go back mm-hmm. uh it was really hard uh initially um although although i spoke french and i survived by inserting my french words in my sentences when people did not understand what i'm saying because my my english was broken i struggled Mm -hmm. i struggled because i did not i had that gut feeling that i people were saying i'm not good enough Mm -hmm. even though maybe it was just me internalizing their reactions or uh to what I'm saying or they're trying to make sense of it. And I know sometimes they didn't understand what I said, mm-hmm. but they said yes. And yeah. I, they were very kind. I have to say I was very lucky. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was lucky. I went to a school where people were very nice.
1: Mm-hmm. Were the teachers nice, welcoming? Excellent, excellent. Did they make you feel any less of, of yourself? No. Never, never. I had. And this was in 89?
0: Yes, at yeah. Catholic Central High School i had excellent teachers mm-hmm. excellent uh support mm-hmm. uh e s l support mm-hmm. or resource yeah um, and uh i have to say uh also that i had an e s l teacher who was fantastic mm-hmm. and that kind of made my life a bit easier uh she was married to a lebanese guy and she oh, okay. knew some of the traditions yeah. uh so it was it was uh very nice. My experience at school, I can say the only thing is I wasn't able to make friendships as I thought it would Mm -hmm. be. I came from a little town. I knew everyone. Everyone knew my parents. We did hang around after school too. I don't really know what I'm doing here. Mm -hmm. Bit by bit, I made friendships, but I have to say, uh, I did feel that sense of not belonging. I don't Mm -hmm. belong. I need mm-hmm. to be somewhere else. And I would always go back and think, okay, it's my parents' fault. It's my parents' fault. I, you know, yeah, you want you to, blame someone. Someone to you blame, blame someone. You blame someone. Even though they're trying to get me a better life, mm-hmm. a safer life, you always want to blame someone. Mm-hmm. And uh, even though I did make some friendships with, again, same culture, mm-hmm. uh, my friends were uh, from Arab background. And, uh, um, it wasn't until later on when I took down that barrier that I started making other friendships mm-hmm. and f- seeing the, the goodness in other people. Because mm-hmm. you have that shield at first. I want what's familiar and yes. what's familiar, not, not them. Yes. Uh, my parents tried their best. You know how, how we course, always say yeah. I am a parent right now and I know they've tried their best. Mm-hmm. Uh, my culture isn't big on checking in how you're feeling. Are you depressed? Or, mm-hmm. you know, they don't really know about these things. It's like survival. You survive. You should ha- be happy. Yeah, you should like be Yeah, like priorities
1: for like physical safety and being in a good place where there's, there's no, no war. war. Exactly. And yeah. they loved us. They gave mm-hmm. us
0: a lot of love. But inside of me was that, that urge to have closure. Mm-hmm. Uh, inside of me was that urge of saying, you know, What can I do for you to make things better? Mm -hmm. There was none of that. Mm -hmm. They did their best. They're very loving parents. They did their best, but there was none of that closure.
1: So at this point, who do you blame? Because I imagine the way you're talking, it's like you feel a lot of guilt for, for wanting to blame someone. And so you end up internalizing it thinking, well, something, this is my life. Like something must be wrong with me. I must deserve this somehow, right? So who do you blame then when you don't give yourself permission to blame the people around you? And did you, did you resent the war? Did you resent the instigators of the war? Did you resent? Yes. Yes. I resented,
0: uh, every, a person involved in the political situation Mm -hmm. in the middle east and i used to follow the news closely like Mm -hmm. an an old person Mm -hmm. (laughs) i would want to know who to blame who should i blame now is it the you know outside uh uh, instigation or was it the within the country itself the political movements i i looked for someone to blame at Mm -hmm. all times uh because part of me wanted to go back I wanted to go back where I am loved I deeply we all know you can make friendships everywhere but it's hard for a teenager Mm -hmm. but because it's not like I left public school came to join high school I left high school to come to high school Mm -hmm. where they've all had their grade 9 10 and 11 together and I'm just there now Mm -hmm. to finish up with them graduate with them I really didn't mean anything to anyone Mm-hmm. it was just that new girl mm-hmm. um or I felt I meant nothing yes. for anyone I yeah. might have impacted someone somehow but I did look for approval and I think I do have uh, strong social skills I try mm-hmm. I try uh, so hard but uh, the blame was always oh okay it's the political situation it's it's I have to blame it on someone I had to I had to blame it on myself too for not talking my mom out of coming Mm -hmm. or not talking, not being able to talk them out of going back. Yeah. It was hard. It was hard day in day out. Everything on my mind was okay. Finish this year and go back. Yeah. And it didn't happen. Um, And it didn't happen because I actually met someone uh, and.
1: um, Got married.
0: Got married at a very young age.
1: Do you think that your search for a home contributed to you getting married so quickly and at such a young age do you think probably it was your, your escape probably mm-hmm. probably i i uh, we don't always
0: know what's going on inside of us we try to search mm-hmm. in within mm-hmm. for comfort but when you're in turmoil inside you can't comfort yourself mm-hmm. and i think part of it maybe it is it's the the being um having a home yeah it's true mm-hmm. having a home having um
1: that love loving feeling the feeling of like someone is welcoming you into their life right
0: absolutely absolutely although my parents were very uh, loving and they did their best they don't know what they we did know their today best knowing what, what they knew, knew. what they right? knew exactly yeah. i never went and said oh, okay i i feel like i just sad or i can't function or whatever i tried my best to to get good marks so maybe because because i have to say in in lebanon people are motivated with oh if somebody is really smart we hang around with them well here it doesn't matter they don't mm-hmm. care so i tried so hard to just kind of want to get good marks i want to do better maybe i'll have friends maybe all these things that went to uh, in my head went on in my head uh where it's it's just like a raging war within me. I could not figure out where I could um, do things better, so I can have a better life. So maybe yeah, marriage was like really, somebody accepted me finally. Somebody wants me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, yeah. Um, it, it is um, a comfortable feeling like yeah. I am loved again. Um,
1: yes that probably numbed the pain of needing to be in a different place and needing to go back home probably for a while. Right. Absolutely. A big bandit on a gushing wound. Yeah. Yes. And I think, you know, there's no shame in that, but at what point in your life did you realize that there was so much for you that you had to
0: resolve
1: and deal with and really like, you know, as they say, you know, take the layers off and, and just say like this is my real problem is that I never really felt like I authentically belonged somewhere maybe I always had in my mind that my home was back home Mm -hmm. and I tried to manufacture a home around it here but really what I needed to do was resolve that issue and say I'm in a new country yes but that doesn't mean anything about my worth or my you know, my worth, my worthiness of of belonging in in a certain place, or I didn't deserve what happened um, so that I could be able to move forward and actually build healthy relationships. Like how long did that take?
0: It took a while because again, instead of uh, moving forward uh, as a teenager growing up, finished school, moving on to university. Uh, I, I started a new life, Mm -hmm. marriage. So now new relationships, but no matter what I did, it didn't take me a lot because I was surrounded with people that did want to know me, Mm -hmm. uh, appreciated my, uh, social skills. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, I think they genuinely knew that I am Genuine with them as well, uh, and caring. So I didn't have a hard time establishing relationship. But inside of me was always, I want to go back home because I want that closure. I want to more than just packed up my bags and left. I want to
1: say say a a proper proper goodbye. goodbye. Say a proper
0: (laughs) goodbye. But unfortunately, that goodbye did not come until my daughter was uh a year and a half mm-hmm. and i took her 18 months took her to lebanon and it was not a proper goodbye i went to realize that there were no goodbyes if you don't do it in the moment yeah. if you don't seize the moment there's no going that's back that's powerful
1: i got goosebumps as you said that <laughs> yeah if you don't do it at the right time and that but could you really have said goodbye at the time you just didn't know you didn't know that there's no return you didn't know that this is it. Right. You, you kind of like you said, you were in survival mode. Your parents were in survival mode. We just need safety. Right. So with that very powerful realization, how did you come back here again now, this time choosing to come back instead of, you know, being forced to come here? How did that feel? Did you feel like you wanted to come back here? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh,
0: I realized that time did not cease when I left. Mm -hmm. People have changed. Yes. The people I loved have left. Mm -hmm. Also, all over. My friends Mm -hmm. in high school, the group we had, everyone is in a different country, got Mm -hmm. married, moved on. Uh, People who actually lived uh and stayed in the country had moved to different towns mm-hmm. i had no going back mm-hmm. but i did make a point of going to visit my best one of my best friends uh and do a proper goodbye and i'll see you again uh and uh other best friends of mine as well could not i couldn't see because they had moved
2: mm-hmm.
0: so there. I made a self-conscious that, yeah, I'm going to go back home because things, now Canada is home. Mm-hmm. Now, truly, uh, where my family is, where my child is, will mm-hmm. be uh, living, that's home. Mm-hmm. And Literally, I wish that I had never been between both worlds because I always couldn't call anything home.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I realized that, home is where you make it home Mm -hmm. and I needed to forgive and I needed to say my parents did their best I did my best to survive and uh without forgiveness I'm just hurting me because I am not telling you how I telling anyone how I feel I'm just Mm -hmm. hurting me um only thing I voiced I needed to go back I needed to go back and Mm -hmm. say goodbye And the only unfortunate uh, thing that happened, I couldn't go to my house when I went. Mm -hmm. Did not go to my childhood home because um, it was abandoned. It was a wreck. And for whatever reason, everyone was trying to talk me out of going. I stayed in the same building where Mm -hmm. my home was, but did not go and see my Mm -hmm. my own bedroom. I did not go in. Part of me was keeping me away because there was a lot of pain Mm -hmm.
1: um it's okay it's okay if you cry
0: and uh
2: i truly didn't have that closure until i went back uh two years ago Mm -hmm. and i actually went slept in my room and uh stayed in my home and thought of everything that made me who who i am now Mm um and
1: that in itself made me appreciate what I have now.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Wow. <laughs> How did that feel? Tell me. The moment you walked in, the moment you went to your bed, what kinds of things did you remember? I,
2: It all came back that, yeah. you know... I was going to sleep afraid Mm -hmm. before and now I was sleeping soundly because Mm -hmm. I knew there's nothing to be afraid of. Mm -hmm. There were no bombs. There were no waking me up in the middle of the night to go hide. Uh, I, I did appreciate, I will go back. Obviously it made Mm -hmm. me want to go back, but, um, it was a great feeling that now I know what happened. Mm -hmm. And now I know that, um, to blame people doesn't make things better. You need to face your fears. You need to um, put things in perspective. But I think going back as a teenager, I couldn't do that.
1: Mm-hmm. I couldn't. I was stuck in my pain, I think. Mm-hmm. And not knowing how to resolve it. Um, I remember when, when I moved here um, at 16, I had left my grandma there and thinking, I'm going to go back. And then a year after I came back, exactly a year, um, she passed away. And I just remember when, when they called me, it felt like I didn't absorb it. Everyone was tiptoeing around my feelings saying, you know, just so you like, I hope you're in a safe place now. Can we t- talk to you? And then they told me the news. And, and everyone was shocked that my initial response wasn't to cry. And and I and when I look back at it, I I always think, why didn't I cry? Because I didn't fully internalize it. In my mind, when I went back, she was gonna be there. And when I went back two years later, so now I was 19, two years after she had passed, three years after I had come to Canada, um, she and I used to share the same room. And I remember going into that room and sleeping on my bed and looking over. And when I didn't see her, that's at me that she's gone so I think it's powerful to talk about how sometimes we put our stories on hold until we're back in that place and I don't think that you know you hear especially with this climate that we're in right now where people are being held at the border children parents they're getting separated I don't think you really get it unless you fully experience it. And to imagine on top of someone's, you know, all these stories that they're putting on hold, sometimes people will leave someone they love behind, not just a family member, but a romantic, you know, partner. You leave them behind, you leave all these stories that are unresolved, and then you get to a to a border that doesn't welcome you. I think it's important to just see, like, it's not just a matter of someone wants to enter the country. It's a matter of this person has so many stories that they've left behind and they're going to live for years, maybe not resolving those things because they're looking for safety. And all we're looking at is the fact that they're looking for safety. And I, I really wanted to talk to you about this, even though I know you have so many more stories, like you've, you've had so many struggles in your life. but I. I felt like this was a very important thing to talk about in a way to bring you some resolve because I still think, you know, you you still cry about it. I still cry about my story. I think a lot of times we think I'm in a new place. I've built a new life, so I'm fine with what happened. But there's always going to be that question of how would my life have been if if that didn't happen, if that interruption didn't happen, you know? my path wouldn't have crossed with yours and your path wouldn't have crossed with every single person you crossed paths with, but how would your life have been, you know? And the path to forgiveness from what you were saying, there wasn't just forgiving whoever caused the war or forgiving your parents, even though you keep saying like there was, they were doing their best or it wasn't finding someone to blame and then forgiving them. It was also a process of forgiving yourself for for so long, not allowing yourself to feel like you belonged somewhere new or not allowing yourself to start building a home somewhere new that wasn't just in a person or in a marriage or it was for you, right?
2: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. It was... Um...
2: It was almost a shame. I was almost ashamed to uh, forgive myself Mm -hmm. because I, my loyalty, if I forgive myself, it means I am not loyal to To my old life or to
0: the pain or to, um, to everything in my past. Mm -hmm. I had to punish myself for it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, just as you said, everything that occurred in my departure when I was away uh, was just a blur until I went back. Mm-hmm. Same to me, walking into my grandmother's home and not seeing her there. Mm-hmm. Uh, not being able to say goodbye yeah. um, was very, very difficult mm-hmm. uh, because I didn't. It took me a while to feel that... She's gone mm-hmm. and she's not returning. Mm-hmm. And I was living in the past. Mm-hmm. I would sit and see flashbacks of when she was around. Mm-hmm. So it, it is very important to, to move on, to forgive, to know that you've done your best, just like my mm-hmm. parents did their best. Mm-hmm. I did my best to survive. Mm-hmm. Um, but my advice to everyone or anyone who's experiencing um uh, the same uh, situation or similar situations to not wait Mm -hmm. 30 years to go Mm -hmm. and face your fears and say, this is where I was. This is uh, how I left. And now I'm moving on. Mm -hmm. I think it's very important to have a closure, but absolutely the closure within you. Yes. Most.
1: Yes. And you won't know what that closure looks like until you go back. Like I said, you just don't know you don't know the power of being in that place and i know that not everyone has the the privilege of being able to go back and if they do go back maybe their home isn't there maybe it's been bombed maybe it's someone else is living there now maybe but just to go back and see that and witness that there's so much power in it like something that existed here i remember when when the first time when i went back to lebanon i as we're driving, because the, the village where we live in was is about three hours away from the airport. And as we're driving back, you look at all these buildings that literally have a hole every two or three inches from bullets and bombs. And people are living in those places. And just to see that and witness it, it just felt like people's will to live and say we exist here is so much more powerful than all this violence and all this like effort to push people out of their homes. And I genuinely believe, and I'm pretty sure you believe the same thing, is that if our world had a little more empathy, there would be no reason for war because we're fighting over land. We're fighting over material things, putting those things above a story like yours, you know, a story like mine, a story like anyone else's. And like someone could walk by you and not even know you have this story, not even know these things about you, but look at how beautiful your story on its own is. And that just makes me wonder, like all these people living in these buildings, I wonder, I wonder what they lost. I wonder what they gained. I wonder who they had to forgive, whether they've forgiven, whether they're still holding on to that resentment. Do you still hold on to any resentment towards anyone or anything because of this whole experience? Um,
0: uh, actually, I, I did until I went two years ago. Mm. I did. Who if, were you resenting? People who mistreated me. I resented uh, knowing that people are taking advantage of my goodness mm. uh, I people re- here yes yes i resented that when you're good people think you're stupid mm. and i did not i did not get rid of this feeling until i went back two years ago mm-hmm. and i said i will not forgive for them i will forgive for me yeah because it made me be it made me so happy to put myself back in that place and say, Mm -hmm. you know what? I forgive Mm -hmm. and I will come back. Now matters are in my own hands. I will come back. I was there three weeks. I didn't sleep. Yeah. I stayed up. You wanted to love every moment. I wanted to savor every moment. I wanted to catch up on what I've missed. And that made me feel like by not forgiving, by always thinking about the pain that, people have caused me is not affecting them. It's affecting me. Mm -hmm. It's allowing them to overtake my own self, overtake my feelings. And I'm not going to allow it to linger that long. I'm not letting 30 more years to go by until I forgive. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Even though I know some people are intentionally still trying to hurt me. I do my best to say that's all they know. Mm -hmm. And I will forgive them because I don't want to live with that pain.
1: Yes. Do you think that your vulnerability and need for a home in some people's minds gave them permission to take advantage? And because I remember I remember when I first met you, um, I, I knew I saw a lot of pain. I didn't really see the vibrant person who I see now, for sure. Um, and it was kind of like you were a person who had given up on life and you were just going through the motions.
2: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And I was, I was in your life when, when you went back home and I saw the difference. I really saw it was kind of like something that was taken away from you was given back to you. And now, now that I hear you talk about it this way, it's not that it's you gave it back to yourself which is really powerful and you you made all these realizations and and how how beautiful is it to forgive not because you got an apology but because you now realize your value and your worth right so final words to anyone who Maybe not had to leave a place because of war, not necessarily just that, but anyone who's been displaced in a way where they had to be in a new place for any kind of reason, where they felt that, as you said, their goodness was taken advantage of or was perceived as stupidity and they accepted it for so long. What message, what final message do you send to them?
0: With the final message, I say, love yourself enough mm-hmm. to say enough.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Love yourself enough to say. to say enough. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Say, I'm not putting up with this anymore. And it's not, it, it doesn't mean that you are a bad person. It doesn't mean, it's just, I am focused on myself. I'm focused on what I deserve. And if you're not giving me what I deserve, I'm not going to resent you. but I'm not going to accept it out of feeling guilty. That's very powerful. Thank you. We're going to make a lot of people cry. (laughs) (laughs) But (laughs) it's is beautiful. If you would like to hear more of my poems, please download my audiobooks. You can listen to me read aloud to you. I'm Nejwa Zabian, and you've been listening to Stories of the Soul. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can follow me at Nejwa Zabian on Instagram. If this episode resonated with you and you want to begin to reconstruct yourself, head to Soul Academy, my own digital school to help you let go, move on, and transform your life. Your demolition might not be in your hands, but your reconstruction is. I know you're ready to begin this process. Take the first step and head over to www.nejwazavian.com forward slash soul academy. Join me next week for another story of the soul. Thank you for listening.